What am I saying? Hey. I thought you were starting. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Shelby. And this is Courtney. And thanks for joining us today on All Things Macabre. things macabre we will discuss things under the topics of odd weird true crime supernatural and fiction this podcast contains language and content that is not suitable for all listeners so listener discretion is advised if you find a topic we are discussing interesting we encourage you to do some research on your own you never know what else you may learn we are just a couple of old friends telling each other stories that we find interesting. We hope that you will enjoy this episode and laugh along with us through stories that are weird, true, or fictional that will just make you say, what the fuck? And now, for the fun part. Hey everybody, welcome back to All Things Macaw. This is Shelby. And I'm Courtney. And... How have you been doing this past week? Uh, let's see. My week today has been... My week today? My week today. My week has been busy. Very busy. Except for today. Finally was able to chill a little bit and then you guys came over and we decided to record. What about you? Well, I became a real welder this week. What do you mean? I oh, thought you, you know, were a welder. Well, I don't think they consider us real welders. We're more like tack welders. But besides that, a welder is uh, someone that'll keep welding while they're on fire. My partner's done it. Her whole pants leg was on fire one time. She didn't even know. She just kept welding. Excuse me, what? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a welder thing. We're fire starters. It's a welder thing. It's okay. <laughs> we're fire starters. Oh, uh, trust me. I'm not that cocky. We don't get paid that much. <laughs> You're like the um, anti, uh, what is he, Smokey the Bear? <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Only I can start the fires. <laughs> well, I was welding and all of a sudden I smelt fire. And I was like, huh. So I went ahead and kept on welding a little bit. I thought maybe it'd just go out sometimes. Sometimes the sparks will just go hit something like a little piece of plastic or something. It just goes out. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Yeah, it it really isn't. <laughs> it happens all the time. Uh, it's just a welder thing. I've caught an entire piece of cloth on fire before. It was just accidentally over by my station. and uh, You just catch it and stomp it out. That's why we have boots. <laughs> Can you remind the people what you do, what you're welding? Beds for caskets. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We're only on what? Is this episode two? Yeah, episode two, so... Welcome to episode yes. two! Yes, where I start fires at a casket company. <laughs> <laughs> but right, don't, don't fire me for that. I'm, I'm not serious. I'm not serious. But uh, yeah, so I smelled fire and I, I kept going with it. And then I stopped because I was like, man, this, this fire ain't going out. So I started looking around, looked all around my station, and my partner wasn't there that day. So I knew it couldn't have been her. It had to be me. We're the only two over there. So I didn't see anything. I was like, well, shit, I guess I'll just keep going back to weld. And then, you know, it'll just go away. Maybe it's just in my nose. It was some oil or something on it. 
I kept smelling it. After about another 15, 20 seconds, I stopped again. I said, all right, nah, this smells like some wood burning. Like, this could create a problem. So I need to stop and figure out what it is. Okay, speaking of stop, I've been <laughs> wanting to interrupt you for a minute, but I was like, I'm just going to let her keep telling her story. It took you this long, this long, to realize, well, oh, hey, maybe this is a problem. Well, you what? see, <laughs> there's a lot of oil and debris on it, on the metal and stuff. So uh-huh. between that and the way the gas is and, and the smells... It's just, you don't necessarily always know if it's a fire or if it's just something Burning hot. off I mean, of it? Yeah, the, we're, when you weld, it gets up to a temperature of like 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So, I mean... That's a big deal. That smell is going to be, like, burning anyways. You just kind of get used to it. it. There is a little difference with the smoke smell, I, I guess. I, I smell it. I don't know. I, I've had trouble smelling since I had COVID last year, so... Hashtag COVID. Yay, COVID. (laughs) So as I stop and I go look around my station again, my supervisor's finally looking at me at this point, wondering what the fuck I'm doing, just standing there not welding. (laughs) So I motion for her to come over, and she comes over, and I was like, look, man, I smell a fire. I've looked everywhere around my station. I smell a fire. Yeah, I smell a fire. I don't see it. Shut up. I can't help how country I am. I grew up in the South. I'm sorry. And fuck you. <laughs> so I told her I smelled a fire. She she helped me look around a little bit. And then she just started pushing on my shoulder a little bit. And, well, she put my apron string out. And I was on fire. I, I became a real welder because I, I kept welding while on fire. But where did the, where was said fire at? It was on my apron, on my shoulder. And you didn't see it? No, I had no fucking idea. Is it also because you had the helmet thing on? Well, I did. I had the welding hood on. I guess I just don't turn my neck down towards my shoulder enough. It was up close to my collarbone, but... Okay, yeah, okay. But, yeah, that's why I kept smelling it so strong. Oh I guess God. the flame retardant kind of smells like burning wood. So, yeah, that that was interesting. Well, my week was nowhere near as eventful as yours, but... Wow. Oh. Okay. Well, you've, you've always got to do something fun at work. Why not start a fire? I can't really talk about my job, so. Well, that's true. <laughs> you do a lot of driving. A lot of driving. <laughs> I'm sure you see a lot of crazy stuff on the road. If I ever, you better be knocking on some wood, because don't you be putting a bad juju on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, if I ever do, we'll find something, and I'll talk about it. So, I've been looking forward to seeing you so I can tell you some news, I guess you can call it. Um, Since we have published episode one. Yay, episode one. Yay! My mom. Shout out to my mom. Hey, Michelle. Love Hi, mom. mom. My mom told me a little more about the rubber factory, you know, because we talked about the Bondurant twins. Yes, yes. Because, okay. you know, we talked about the Bondurant twins. And she was, she lived in that area at the time, didn't she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mom told me she wrote in about the, the the rubber factory and she told me that where today the subway and is now Dunkin Donuts used to be Crystals okay in Pulaski in Pulaski right behind it was where the rubber factory Okay, so I was actually way off. I was right outside of town is what I was thinking with Sargumi, but it's actually right in the middle of town pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So mom answered your question about that and kind of confirmed that. So it's well, thank actually, you for that. It's actually, so technically, I guess you could say right across the road from Holly's Printing, is that what it's called? Or Holly Printing? I, I think that would actually put it right beside where Holly's Printing is now. I think it's down behind the, where Crystal's used to be a little bit. Okay. So we were talking about one day getting together and going to Pulaski to try to find the rubber plant. And try to take a picture of where it was or whatever may be there now. Yes. Um, which victim was it that you had found? I found the gravesite of Terry Lynn. Terry Lynn. So we were talking about going to also paying respects to her. So whenever we do, of course, we'll post stuff on our, guess what, social media page. Yay. We now have an Instagram and a, a Facebook because I'm older. Facebook, yes. That's about as far as I can get with it. Sorry, guys. So on Instagram, our name is All Things Macabre Pod. All Things Macabre Pod. And they're all lowercase and one word. All one word. All one word, all lowercase, all things macabre pod. And just in case you don't know how to spell that, because, well, not everyone even near us knows how to spell macabre. True. Uh, that's going to be A-L-L-T-H-I-N-G-S-M-A-C-A-B-R-E-P-O-D. All Things Macabre Pod. And what is it on Facebook? And on Facebook, we are All Things Macabre Podcast. Podcast. Uh, I use the whole word because I'm older. I can't help it. <laughs> We're also talking about eventually going into a deeper dive into the Bondurant Brothers, since we have both found out more information since then. Yes. We're considering releasing bonus episodes. Bonus, that, bonus content. That will be kind of a rabbit hole dive into these because as we said sometimes we like to dive deep into those rabbit holes so we're going to be going into these deep rabbit hole dives and these could be extra content that we find that could last 15 minutes it could last two hours three hours who knows we don't know so those are going to be completely unregulated to our normal episodes yeah i mean it was interesting because i remember texting you yesterday and saying I found so much more things. Oh, you about, said you were you kicking know. yourself. You yes. wish you would have waited. Yeah, I wish I had you found waited. more on Ronnie Gaines' actual murder. Yes, yes. And we're also going to try to find the site of where his house was. Yes, which is how I found out more about the things that I found out about. Right. So, yeah, we're actually, for real, going to do a bonus episode for Rabbit Hole Deep Dives. I'm gonna, eventually. I was going to say, yeah, eventually, because I know there will be more that we come up with that I'm going to continue looking more into even you know absolutely and if any of y'all have any information out there feel free to send it to us on our social media yes. we we love to get y'all's input y'all may know a lot that we don't it would really help out and if the information pans out and we need to throw it in one of our rabbit hole dives we absolutely will and we'll give a shout out to yeah, you we, will definitely we appreciate give you a shout out. we appreciate the information we get from y'all if y'all have any information on a topic you may want to hear us do, also throw that out at us. If Sweet. we do a topic on something you suggest, we'll go ahead and throw a shout out to you. And we have an email as well, don't we? Yeah, we do. It is called allthingsmacabrepod at gmail.com. Or allthingsmacabrepod <laughs> at gmail.com. All right, that's, that's called Wentworth. Yeah, we're going to be one of those. All right, allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. There we go. 
If you would like to, you can check the description below and you can link to our social media. Go ahead and follow us. We'd like to see who all is enjoying our crazy stories. and Also, it would be helpful if, for sure, on Apple Podcasts, and I don't know about the other apps that you can use, but you can rate and review us. Yeah. It helps get us more content and we're able to get more things and do more things. So even if you guys listen to us and you really like us, please, please, please rate and review or I'm tell curious somebody. to know what you're thinking as well. Like, do you think we're a five star? I, I'd like to know. Part of me is looking forward to those one stars so I can be like, haha, look at what this person said. <laughs> we might have to do some burns one day if we get a bunch of them. Hopefully we don't get a bunch no, of them. No, 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 I no, would no. love to no. get some five stars. Five stars, please. Five stars. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> so, so I've been talking to some coworkers about, you know, the podcast and talking to, you know, my mom and my sister and trying to get the word out there. And it's seeming to, you know, take off. So we got a little bit of a following. Have you talked to anybody that you know? About a dozen people I have. I've talked to some coworkers and actually a lot of them seem to be pretty interested. And thank you guys. I was actually a little embarrassed about it, but you guys really make me feel good. I really appreciate you guys. Yes. Everybody that listens to Um, us. Thank you. It gives gives us a little more confidence to keep going and we hope you keep continuing to enjoy our stories. Yes. Every morning I text Shelby like the new stuff and I'll say, Hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. 28 plays. And I know a lot of people are going to look at that like, Oh, that's nothing, but that's a lot to us. Right. We don't expect anything out of this so yes. it's awesome thank you this was you simply just something for us to just bullshit and do and just and talk fun. and have fun we did not think that anybody would like us but we were like let's just put it out there for the world we'll see what happens but thank you thank you thank, thank you. you so i've actually had some co-workers give me some suggestions for topics to do and oh. yeah and some of them are pretty good so i've got them jotted down I think eventually we're going to visit some of those topics. Yes, before I have to keep up with my word now that you brought that up, my mom, again, shout out, hey mom. I told her I would shout her out again. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> She's like our number one fan, you know. She is. But She's always been our number one fan, yes, though. Yes, she has. I love her. But um, she suggested about a creepy bridge near us. She did. Or, you know, that near was near Pulaski. We yeah, near Pulaski. Um, yeah, I was going to say where we grew up, whatever. But uh, something um, with Native Americans, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have uh, to look at the Trail of Tears. It was, part, it was part of the Trail of Tears. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, a haunted bridge. And we're going to take her out there, right? We're going to talk her into it. What do you think, yeah. Mom? Come on, Michelle. We got to go out there. <laughs> we'll, we'll put your picture up on our social media. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm encouraging everybody to continue to send us some stuff. And personally, also, if you know us personally, you can always reach out to us. But, of course, if we have new listeners that don't know us, please, again, reach out to us. And, you know, we'll... We'll give you a shout-out if we if we do your topic. Yes. We appreciate y'all being a part of this. So, Shelby, what do you got in store for us today? Well, I've been bragging about it all week at work. I've been so excited I'm to sure tell this. First, I want to start with I have listened to several things about this and the correct and the correct pronunciation 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 <laughs> the correct way to say emu is emu emu emu. So I say it right. You do say it right. However, look, I was born in Miami, Florida, and I grew up all around the South. My dad was in the Air Force, so everywhere I went, somehow ended up being in the fucking South. I'm probably gonna say emu a lot. Emu. I th- I got. I guess it's a cow thing. I love cows. You know that. Maybe, 
Emu, I don't know. <laughs> but this is the Great Emu War of 1932. So, in 1932, this is only a few years really after World War One ended. The Great War. 1932. 1932. It ended in 1918. So, yeah, I mean, you the don't... The war ended in 1918? The war ended in 1918. The, the, the World War. The, the World Great War. War. Okay. The Great War ended in 1918. And, of course, whenever there's war, you don't just go home right away. It takes a little time. Yeah. But by the time they were getting home, life had gone on during the war, so they didn't really have a home to go to. Hashtag so, usual day. Yeah. For the military Nothing life, changed. yeah, you know, just, you know, thanks for your service, go on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry Atta about boy. that, guys. I'm sorry that you get treated like that. Yeah, right, right, right. But Australian government had this brilliant idea. They were, uh, they were going to put these 300,000 Australians that fought in the war out in the Western Australia part because it was unsettled. So they were like, hey, we're going to give you this land over in Western Australia. We're going to give you the loans to buy this land. And then y'all are going to farm. And y'all can develop this land and all this other stuff. So it kind of looks like the government's kind of like, hey, here, go on out there. And if you make it, you make it great. But good luck. So hear me out. I'm making sure that I understand this correctly. These are veterans of the Australian War? It, of the World War. Okay. 300,000 Australians fought in the World War. Oh, I sound like in the such first a dumbass. No, oh. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. We don't learn history like history we should. History is not my thing. But and okay. I never heard about this in school because so I would have loved this. 300,000 Australians that served in the World War. Yes. They came back to no jobs and they were like, hey, we'll put, we'll give you loans to buy this land out here in Western Australia. And so you why did just, sorry to interrupt you, but... Why didn't they just give them the land instead of saying, hey, I'm going to give you a loan? Because it's the government. It's the government. They thought, you know, hey, why don't you guys come out here and farm wheat? Wheat. Wheat, yes. Because, you know, you can go out there and farm wheat and then the government can benefit off of it. So they're going to be supplying the wheat for Australia. Okay. So they encouraged them to specifically grow wheat. So the veterans are... Supplying wheat for the government for the or government. for all, all of for Australia. Australia? Yeah, I mean, the government's dispersing Send it, I'm sure. five times fast. All of Australia. Yeah, yeah, good luck. <laughs> Australia's a good one for me. Yeah, they're they're the ones that are taking this wheat and kind of, I guess, giving it throughout the country however it needs to be. Okay. They're feeding the country. Okay. So it, it actually proved to be really successful, even though the ground was not easy to farm. It took some time to get the ground right to farm this was in. very... And then my accent is going to prevent me from saying this. Rural? <laughs> Rural. <laughs> is that, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's completely unsettled. It's just like a vast wasteland, basically, out there. Nothing. Hmm, okay. It's just open land. Okay. So, like the wild. Yeah. Well, you know, back in the 20s, we had the Great Depression. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't really realize this because of school, but it affected the whole world. It wasn't just America. Of course, of course. Yeah, so, you know, wheat prices dropped tremendously. And the government was actually like, hey, you know what? We're going to guarantee these prices so you guys are going to be okay. Well, they promised it, but they didn't really follow through. What did they promise it to? The the guys that they gave the land to, well... The veterans? The veterans. Okay. 
Make so, sure I'm following stuff. So they guaranteed them the prices, but they didn't actually follow through with it, and it went on for a couple of years. We're sorry. And then in 1932, the farmers decided that, you know what, we're going to harvest this shit, but we ain't going to give it to you because you're not following through on your end of the deal. Ooh. You don't fuck with the government, I guess. I, I don't know, but these are these are vets. Like, they wait fought a minute, for wait this a minute, government. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, okay, make sure again, sorry, I keep interrupting you and repeating it. That's just, I'll try to make sure that I understand a lot. No, you're fine. Story. I want you to understand. So, it, I don't understand completely, but. Also, I apologize to everybody if y'all can hear my dog walking around. He decided to be a part of the podcast today. Yes, anyway. So, the veterans told the government that they're not giving the government wheat. Yeah, they're going to withhold their harvest. Okay. They're 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 going to keep it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. During this time, the emu decided to add insult to injury, and through their typical migration pattern, they went from the inland to the shore, which would end up being the western side, which, I mean, it's all a shore around, but they happen to be closer to the western side, I guess. That's just where they went. And is this where the, the veterans... Yes, where the veterans to. had settled. So this was technically for the emu, their normal territory. Right, they're used surprise, to going surprise. through this. This was but theirs. now. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, you're fine. But now the problem is these farms are providing wheat for them to munch on, and it's providing what easy access to water and shelter oh, yeah, and all this other about, stuff. Yeah. So. These emus are just tearing these farms up. They're living it up. They are. Now, they they had a fence dividing all the way. Like, I don't know if they were trying to do, like, the Berlin Wall or Trump's Wall or I don't know what they were trying to do. But, I mean, I get it. They put a wall all the way from north to south fence it was between a foot and a half and three feet high and i've heard reports of it being concrete and i've heard reports of it being wire but it was that's a big difference it was it is but it was completely unbroken all the way from shore to shore so it's a big dividing wire yeah i'm probably so because that's expensive however it was mainly to keep rabbits and stuff like that out of the fields I'm going to go wire. <laughs> these these emu, though, they, they didn't give a fuck about these fences. Speaking of, before we even get into this, when you say emu, emu how do you say emu plural? Is it emus? Emu? 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 I I really want to say it's emi, like octopus and octopi. Oct- yes. yes. But unfortunately, I looked it up. It is emus. Emus? I'm sorry. Emus. Emus. <laughs> I still like... I still like the emu and emai. So for the sake of this, can we just call it emai? We might. Okay. We just might. If you don't, I will. <laughs> so I don't know if you know anything about an emu, but they stand about five and a half to six feet tall. I know they scared the shit out of me. Dude, they can be fucking vicious. I went to that little um, drive through thing where you feed the animals, you know, they come to the <laughs> yes. car. And there was like drive through safari. Yes, there was an emu one, and I, it's somewhere in Alabama. I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. But, I mean, it was fun. There was an emu who came up to the car and, like, tried to stick its head in my lap. And I was like, huh, this <laughs> thing is, you know, it's like a dinosaur. Just 
like, it, it you know, is. Like, they look so prehistoric. It's scary. They do. They are. And they are actually thought to be really stupid because they have such small heads and big bodies. They're like 200, or I'm sorry, 120 to 130 pounds. I think they're probably pretty smart because, I mean, of course, I don't know nothing about them, but I think you're going to teach me this. Are they kind of like, uh, I mean, ostriches are smart, right? Ostr- they, they are very similar to ostriches. Very similar. Are they in the chicken family? <laughs> I don't know if they're in the chicken family. You got like an ostrich However, and an emu and a chicken. An emu and an ostrich are in the same family. An emu and an ostrich. Well, for the sake of this podcast again, because I don't know shit about shit, I'm going to say that a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you love chickens. Yes, that's because I love chickens. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So ostriches and emus are in the same family. They are in the same family. Biggest difference really is... Don't ostriches come from Africa? Ostriches are native to Africa, where emus are native to Australia. Cool. I actually knew something. That is is really the biggest difference there. (laughs) Oh, really? However, also, male emu and female emu look alike. They've got, like, the black head Uh and dark feathers and such. Um... However, whenever they're babies, they're actually kind of a beige color. Really? And they've got black stripes. I really want to look up a picture of it and see if they look like little chicken zebras. Little chicken zebras? (laughs) Chicken zebra. TM, TM, TM. Chicken zebras. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the male ostrich has white feathers on their head and the females have black. So the only difference between emu and ostrich, just looking at them all together like that, would be the male ostriches have white feathers on their head. Also, emus have three toes, and ostrich have two. Two. Huh. Cool. So these emu were, like, busting through their typical migration pattern, but now there's this huge wall there, and they're breaking this wall down, and they're getting onto these farms because it's easy access to water and food. And when they're doing this, of course, they're letting rabbits and other shit in, so the settlers are like, fuck, this harvest that we're holding for ransom here is, like, (laughs) fucked by these animals. (laughs) What the fuck are we gonna do? And, of course, they're all soldiers, or were soldiers. They're yeah. all veterans. And they were like, hey, why don't we just ask the Ministry of Defense if man, they can give us some machine guns and, you know, we'll just blast these motherfuckers out. Excuse me, what? Yeah, that, that makes sense, right? Like, we're going to blow okay. these okay. Emu, emu away with some machine guns. I had to just stop again for a minute and think that these are veterans. So I was like... Yeah, they had, they just got out of World War One not too long ago, 10, 15 years ago. And they are just like, hey, let's get some... Use. Yeah, let's get some machine guns and just blast all these emu away. Okay, uh, yeah, makes I, perfect sense. All right. Well, and let's just roll with it, I guess. <laughs> the Ministry of Defense at the time, Sir George Pierce, well, he was like... Sure. I mean, there's conditions to it, but sure. Let's do this. This will be fine. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Some of these conditions were that the guns would only be used by military personnel. Troop transport was to be financed by the Western Australian government. The farmers would provide food, accommodation, and they would pay for the ammo. Oh, the government said that military people have to use this. So, like, the vets can't use it. But just current military Okay, but I guess since they're veterans that they're no longer in the air quotations here. They're military. not in active service. Oh, so they don't. Okay. Even though you know how to use it, you're not allowed to use it. Got it. They thought, you know, hey, this this will be good target practice. You've got this huge emu and these machine guns. Emi. Emi. 
these EMI, and these machine guns, we're just going to use them for target practice. So they got these two Lewis guns. There, it's. I'll put a picture of it on our social media. A Lewis gun? A Lewis gun. It's an old machine gun. Can you spell that? L-E-W-I-S. So like it sounds. Like it sounds. Okay. Just like it sounds. And they gave them 10,000 rounds of ammo. That's a lot. It was led by Major Meredith, and he had two other soldiers with him. A gunner and, I want to say a sergeant, but I'm not for sure on that. But they were both the ones that were going to operate the machine guns. So they've got three trained soldiers, 10,000 rounds of ammo, two machine guns, and, well, Western Australia and the settlers are paying for everything. So what have they really got to lose, right? Nothing. Nothing, you think. (laughs) So on the first attempt... It was going to be in October of 1932, but it rained. So the emus scattered and they they were they were, they were like fuck it, we ain't going to do it. <laughs> okay. So, so it rained so the emu run away, emai run away, run away. Sorry, I got time to <laughs> uh, the emai ran away. I sound like such an idiot saying that. But, <laughs> so, then the government was like, fuck it, we're just gonna, we're, we're gonna delay it. We're gonna delay it. Yeah, we're, we're gonna wait out the rain. So, they won the first battle because it got rained out. The Emi. Okay, I was gonna say who won. Okay. They, well, clearly, they, they didn't even show up to battle. Okay. They said, fuck this, it's raining, nah. Emi won. Like, it's a government. fucking football game. Nah, they don't even quit for raining out football games unless no. it's real bad. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, they're, they're already 0 for 1. Okay. So the second attempt, they waited out the rain until November 2nd. They spotted about 50 Emi, but they were out of range. So they started this, the first attempt was when? October? It was supposed to start at the end of October. End of October. Okay. So they pushed it back a couple days, November 2nd. Okay. They spotted about 50, but they were out of range. So they were like, hey, why don't we just herd them all up and ambush them? So try to take them out in, like, groups? Like, get them to all group together as a huge group of 50. Kind of like what you And get cows. closer. Yeah, and get closer to the machine guns so they weren't so far away. So they don't really have to do a lot of work. They just well, want to bring them to them. Maybe they just didn't want to miss. Still brought them, bring them to them. Yeah, they, they needed to be closer. I actually don't know the range of a Lewis gun. Also, But I don't to, think it's that far. I have to remind, remind myself that this was in the 1930s. 1932 is the... So, you know, yeah, those guns didn't really have long range, did right. they? So, right. okay, never mind. That makes sense. So, whenever they tried to herd them closer for an ambush, these emu fucking outsmarted them. They split off into groups and ran. They were in, like, groups of a dozen or so, and they would just run in opposite directions. So, I mean, they just fucking scattered. I'm trying not to laugh, <laughs> but it's hilarious. I'm really, like, trying not to laugh at this because, for the sake of everybody's ears... And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these motherfuckers are being outsmarted by these dumb birds. <laughs> they can't even fly like a chicken. They can't fly. Chickens can fly. Well, for like 15 seconds. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, they, again, they're in the ostrich family, so yeah, they gotta, you know, yeah. Yeah, they only killed like a dozen that day. I bet they're fast, too, though. They they run, I've heard, between 30 and 45 miles an hour. Can you imagine that? Um, no. I, I don't think I can Trying run, to run six miles an hour. Like, you have to be. It. They could te- technically like run as fast as your car. Yeah, that's nuts. Driving through town, absolutely. That is nuts. Absolutely, and I'm, I mean, 
still that versus a machine gun, you wouldn't think it would be that hard for these guys. Oh, uh, I don't know. Remember we said, too, that, again, 1930s range is not that great. So the next day, they decided to ambush near a local dam that had about a thousand of them spotted. And they were just all kind of heading towards the dam. So they were like, oh, fuck, this is it. We got them all herded up together. We can just go in there and pop, 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 and just knock them all dead. I love your gun noises. Yeah, I'm sure no one else is going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) They got ready to do this as they got closer and closer. They go to start shooting and, well, the gun jammed. Both of them. Both of the fucking guns jammed. Ah, really? Really. So they actually only killed about another dozen. Okay. So, all in all... Over these three little battles they've had so far, they've only lost about two dozen emu. Emi. Emi. They've only lost about two dozen, so I would say the military's not doing too well. <laughs> I'd be pretty embarrassed. I would too. I would too. It It is embarrassing, honestly. But it is embarrassing. That's probably why it's not really talked about. However, the army noted, like this is official reports... They noted that each pack seems to have its own leader now. A big, black plume bird which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry out work of destruction and warns them of our approach. He's the emu version of uh, Black Panther. He's standing guard. He's like, hey, trouble's coming. Head out. No, he's not really Black Panther, but still. No, yeah. not, not really. But he's standing guard. He's watching out. Like, these That's dumb so cool. emu are smart as fuck. Like, they've already got guerrilla warfare tactics. They're splitting off into groups and running. They're destroying these farms. They're winning. I like that little emoji where, you know, the mind-blowing emoji. That's what I, you know, like. I, I guess know. it would I guess it would help to say they, there were actually about 20,000 emi in this. <laughs> 20,000. About 20,000. So, I mean, it is a pretty big number, I guess you could see. But, so, how many groups within the 20... They're all kind of split in different groups going to Western Australia. So, I mean, there were different groups, some smaller than others. Some would be spotted of groups of 50. But each group had a leader? Well, within those groups, they would break off into smaller groups and kind of... Watch out for each other. Huh, okay. Yeah, so, like, they'd have... I actually found out that they are called a mob whenever there's a group of them. So, a mob of emu. Huh, okay. So, emis Emis are mobs. are mobs. So, I guess they really sat like the mob. Like, they had Big Boss watching out while everyone else was gracing, getting pulled. Well, I'd be damned. Yeah, so, these motherfuckers were like, Hey, man, these birds are getting smart, Okay. And not only that, they said that if they had an army with the bullet-carrying capacity of the emu, that they would be an unstoppable force, because it takes about ten bullets to take down an emu. Wow. They even compared them to a Zulu warrior, which I wasn't sure what a Zulu warrior is. They had actually been around for a very long time. They were just, they were not professionally trained soldiers, but they had a very vast knowledge of the terrain, and they had a very strong determination to protect their land, so it didn't really matter how hurt they were. If they were physically able to move whatsoever, they were still fighting. Hmm. So they compared them to these very determined warriors. warriors. That's a compliment, though. That is. That's got to be embarrassing for the army still. True. On November 8th, the army had claimed that 50 to 300 emu had been killed with 2,500 shot. Meredith, you know, the guy leading yes. all this? Yes, 
He made sure to note in the report that none of his men had suffered any casualties. Um. Hey, we only killed like 50 to 300 emu, but we're all three okay. Like, we didn't get hurt. We had guns against them, but we didn't get hurt. Oh, okay. So he's bragging about this. Okay, Meredith. Okay. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's not really something to brag about. Plus, you've only got, like, even if it was the high side of 300 emu with 2,500 rounds. Yeah. That's still not a whole lot to brag about. And there was actually a lot of negative media coverage because of this, you know. Really? Yeah. The news was just making fun of them, just putting it out in the papers like they pretty much lost against the emu. Look at these idiots. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they, they pulled out. They The Minister of Defense said, all right, that that's enough. Wow. Parliament, one of the politicians suggested that a medal should be given to the brave soldiers in the emu war. And another politician actually said that the emu should receive the medals instead because they have won every round so far. That's what I was going to say. Fuck giving the the military a medal given to the emu. Yeah, so I mean, even people, these politicians are making fun of them. Like, no, we're not going to give medals to these guys. We're going to give them to the emu. They keep winning. Y'all suck. That's hilarious. Like, they were supposed to get a hundred emu pelts to make hats for these horsemen or whatever for the military. Uh-huh. And within the first campaign, they barely even got that if they got more than 50. Wow. They said 50 to 300, but I, who knows? I love how they set these high hopes of we're going to achieve these goals. And then in all reality, the mob of emu, right? Absolutely. Kicked their ass. Absolutely. The mob of emu just whooped them. It's embarrassing. So they obviously, the military pulled out. Settlers were still battling huge numbers and they were still asking for help. Some report came out about the same time from Meredith saying that 300 emu had been killed in that campaign. Okay. So now they're saying, all right, look, we still need help. There's still these huge numbers of emu. Can can you please send more help? You know, you showed success in the first one. We really need the help. And they approved to continue the aid of efforts, saying it was necessary to combat the serious agricultural threat of the large emu population. So they're saying that these emu coming in are destroying their crops, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to eventually affect them. Because Because, it's their food. Yeah, because it's their food. Okay. So they need that agricultural area to be safe. Right. They ended up saying, you know what, they're right, let's just go ahead, put them back out in the the field, and the next day, November 13th, they killed 40 emu within the first two days. Holy crap. So they've already kicked it into a higher gear. However, at one point, they actually tried to put a Lewis gun on a truck. Uh They mounted it onto a truck, and they tried to drive it while chasing these emu and firing, but it was, the the terrain was too rough. This was 1930s. Probably didn't have the best suspension and shocks. Right. But, yeah, it ended up being too rough, and I've heard that someone got hurt during that. Not seriously, but, like, they swerved and crashed the truck or something. That's what, uh, what was it? Meredith. Meredith. I was going to say, call him Chelsea. Uh, Meredith, uh, that's what he gets for bragging. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there was no injuries whatsoever. By December 2nd, they got to where they were killing about 100 per week. So they they finally got the hang of it. They were probably killing 13 to 15 a day on that average. That's crazy. And they ended the war December 12th, claiming they killed 986 with 9,860 rounds of ammo. So that's 10 per emu. 
Wow. Which is still a lot of ammo. I feel like you would... I understand they have small heads, but I feel like that would be the humane way to, way to go about it. I agree. Or maybe just not shoot them. Just, you know, put a better fence up. Yes. Like Yes. I understand emu population may be outrageous, but at this point, you're going to make them extinct. Right. You can at least redirect them with, like, some type of fencing or something. Yeah, He, he said it. that the number was so high because... They also died from injuries sustained from it. Poor emu. So, I mean, some of these guys suffered. Some, the emu. Yeah. So, I mean, there. I'm sure there was a better way to go about it. That's sad. Uh, after they pulled out, the farmers actually re- requested military assistance again in 1934, 1943, and 1948. They even asked for bombs to be dropped. What? Yeah, like they asked for some bombs to be dropped on these birds to take care of them. Wow. But military wouldn't help again. They honestly were probably kind of embarrassed from the first yeah. round. But they, they wouldn't help again, so that that was it. They did, however, offer a bounty for emu. Huh. And they gave ammo to the farmers and eventually. Let them do it themselves. Yeah, and I can't remember how much it was. It was equivalent to like a hundred dollars today or something. You bring an emu pelt and they give they pay you for it. Okay. And I think like fifty four or fifty seven thousand of these bounties had been claimed within the like thirty years. Thirty years. It went on for a while and then they finally ended it. Of course World War Two happened soon after, so everyone kind of forgot about it anyways. Okay. Makes sense. They finally got the smart idea of a barrier exclusion fence in the 1930s. So they started building this fence up, going through their really... Key, they, they built it high enough and strong enough to keep the emu out, as well as the rabbits and all that. So they did this in what time? 1930s. So it started in the 1930s. So it was probably right after this happened they started developing this fence. But it was extremely expensive. So not everyone could get it. The government had to help. Yeah. A fun fact, the Australian coat of arms actually depicts a kangaroo and an emu. And it's been that way since at least the 1800s. Huh. And that's only because they are both native animals of Australia. Cool. They also represent the nation moving forward. Neither one of the animals can actually move backwards very easily. So it symbolizes them moving forward as a country. Huh. I never thought about that. So even though they went to war with these emus, they they still have them on their flag. Wow, that's that's really cool. I never never knew that. That's neat. That would be the Great Emu War of nineteen thirty two. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Wow. wow. I've been so excited about that story. Yes, you have. I purposely did not learn it because I knew you were so excited to tell me about it. Absolutely. And so, I've been so excited for everyone to hear about this story. It's really interesting. I, I It's mean, embarrassing. <laughs> it is, which is probably why nobody really knows about it unless you, you know, research it. Yeah, I mean, I understand that usually the victor is the one who writes history, but unfortunately these emu can't write. <laughs> So true. we can't get their side. True. Very true. Very true. <laughs> it's still, it's, it's fun. It makes, it's fun history. It is fun history. And I wish more people would understand how much history is out there that you didn't learn in school that will really get you into history. Right. Which is why we also encourage everybody to, you know, 
if they find something interesting that we say or, you know, if we talk about, we encourage everybody to look into more about the story or... There could be something know, we missed. Or, yes, or correct us if we did something, you know, if we said something wrong or... If we, we get all this stuff off Wikipedia. Like, today, <laughs> I got my stuff off Wikipedia, some YouTube, puppet history. They were very entertaining. They have really good history stories. Another podcast, History for Weirdos, just different history stuff. Yeah. And, of course, where can they find the links for those people at, you know, since you just shouted them out? You can find those links in our show notes. Okay. So, whenever people go to look it up, just to tell everybody, since I'm sure, you know, when we say show notes or, you know, description, everybody's like, what? So, when you pull up our information or to play the episode, you scroll down to the bottom. And I will say it may be different with each app, but I use Apple Podcast. And so, if you scroll down from your phone, it'll have all of our sources linked. And you just click on it and it'll take it to... You know, all the places that Shelby's referenced throughout the show. And I highly recommend you check them out. I love listening to podcasts and stuff while I work. It's a good way to get information. Yeah, and they've led to kind of inspiration for us to be kind of where we are right now. They have. I didn't know we would be able to do it. But I feel a little better about it every day. I agree. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And, you know, again, we hope that you listen to us again. And if you enjoy us, you Make can. sure you get on our social media because I'm going to be posting teasers and she's going to be posting teasers. We're going to be posting stuff that we've got pictures of. Yes. Uh, if we get any good, interesting fan stuff, we might consider posting something yeah. eventually. Yes. We're trying to really get more active on social media, so please, please, please follow us and you know check out our Facebook, check out our Instagram. Or you can also email us and again all the links will be in the descriptions. Those links again are Facebook is All Things Macabre Podcast. Instagram is All Things Macabre Pod. And our email is all things macabre period pod at gmail dot com. Again, that's all things macabre.pod. At gmail.com. Sorry, we're still learning them. <laughs> I've, I've just always wanted to do that voice on radio. As <laughs> oh. close as I can get. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. And I hope you guys tune in again because our next one is going to be so much fun. We're going to do a little bonus episode. We're going to release it on Halloween just for the spookiness. Spooky spookies. All right, guys. We will technically, I guess, you will listen to us again on Halloween. Alright guys, so we hope that you keep listening and we hope that you keep it all Thanks. macabre. We'll see you soon. Bye. All research is done by Shelby Hudgens, Courtney Pilant, and Tina Collins. A special thanks to Tina Collins for managing us and we are a lot to manage. All social media is linked in the description below. Be sure to follow us. And don't forget to leave a rating on wherever you get your podcast. If you have an interesting topic that you'd like to hear on our podcast, please email it to allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Did this episode make you say, What the fuck?